The glass forest seems so out of place that I immediately empathize with it. I thank each tree I pluck from, let the juice from the flesh of each fruit dribble down my chin, spit the seeds and save them for later. They seem special to me. In fact, it all seems special to me. The whole forest, a message meant for me. I feel myself feeling loopier every day, and more and more, I'm not just weary from traveling alone, but also wary of traveling alone. My yearning for connection soon has me dropping bits of crystal fruit crust in a breadcrumb trail behind me. Anyone is better than nothing. At night, a blinding light fills the forest. It seems alive, and I make my way toward it, my mind buzzing with possibilities of what full-body spiritual experience surely awaits me, what new friend I am to make. I can sum up the entire affair in one word. Rude. Disappointed from the silent and cold demon who turns out to be absolutely no fun at all, I'm delighted when I come across a very charming fellow, or rather, he comes across me. He introduces himself as one of the finest bats left in the flats. He proclaims himself a spectral bat, completely unlike the other bats. In fact, I eat them up just like that, he snaps, as all his kind are, whether woefully or willingly, want to do. Himself willingly, he explains, subsequently stating satisfaction in his solo status. He throws his head back and yells at the top of his lungs, Fruit bats are the worst! And tells me he's been following my trail, hoping for a meal. With a pompadour of epic proportion and the conviction and diction to match, I can hardly question his quest or addiction, so of course we make fast friends with a catch. I tell him I'm just looking for some fun guys to hang out with, companions for an otherwise joyless journey. Half listening, eyes glistening, fun guy, he yells, spreads his wings wide, I know just the place. With the thrust of his cape, no doubt from a vampire bat he ate, he spins and marches forward and I follow, all but basking in his bubbly babbling. I'm so pleased, finally someone who gets me, do you realize you have the most beautiful taste? My top pro tip, I'm telling you, always one's best bet to begin any relationship with a trip. These times are trifling when they should be for truffling. He faces me as he paces backwards, arms suddenly full of a magical menagerie. Little deaths are fun, but how about the big one? He grins and hands me three mushrooms. Plopped in my mouth, awaiting the show, nagging thoughts loom. The problem with ego is me, though. Wake up to the jab of the bell. No sweat, now feeling swell. And gee golly, it's a beautiful day. I'm gonna burn my troubles away. I'm going to live. Light up the town. Chris, I have a bone to pick with you. Okay, go for it. I'm coming to catch the seat. Last episode, I was very impressed by you. You made a really, really good reference. You called the horses Sodom and Gomorrah, and I was like, hell yeah, great Bible reference, because those places get turned into pillars of salt, and the salt Mm -hmm. motif this season is obviously Mm -hmm. very strong. What a clever boy. (laughs) You could stop right there. Yep, it was a very (laughs) clever reference to me. And uh, let's go. What am I rolling? Uh, Persuasion check? What nerdy shit was it actually from again? Son of a bitch. Austin, you're telling me that that was not the reference that he was making? No, my friends, that was not. I've been informed by our loyal <laughs> listeners that in fact this nerd is back on his bullshit once again with the one piece references I was saying, the fucking no, one you, piece? you have to understand those two horses were blind and were still trying to lead the straw hats and the rest of the characters to attack Enos lobby they almost died 
to save Nico Robin, they deserve to be immortalized. <laughs> you almost had Austin's respect for like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it would have taken, Chris. It, if it helps, in the inverse, Austin, I was talking to my uncle, who's a re- very religious person, and I was talking to him about the Ophelim, and I was like, do you remember this at all from the Bible? And he's like, ah, it doesn't ring a bell to me. So I like sent him the link for it, and his response was, well, sometimes it's okay for people to miss what the Bible's extremely about. <laughs> so... <laughs> He just threw a bunch of shade on you, basically. Oh, yeah. It's definitely my fault that I read the book. Um, So one of the few people, people, people. <laughs> so I'm doing a great on, start. Hold on. Let me get some ASMR dry mouth spray. Yeah. That's what the people want to hear. Um, My dad is very anti-religion. I'm like the only natural born. Lorne. God damn it. Floridian, who is raised with no religion. And so my dad had told me there were these like just old german couple they were jehovah's witnesses and they would just like make rounds around the whole town and one time they came to his door and he let them inside and he like sat them down and then like spent a very long time telling them why everything they believed was wrong and they moved away a friend of mine's older brother um saw that you know the jehovah's witnesses were coming up so he went and pulled the roast that his mother was thawing in the fridge for dinner that night Took off his shirt, rubbed it all over his chest, answered the door, and said, Oh, hey, yeah, come on in. We're just getting the goat going. <laughs> and he never came back. <laughs> all right, so last we left this adventure. <laughs> there, are- Yes, <laughs> explain this in detail. The party was in a old mall that they came across on the Salt Flats while running from Castle Wolfram. Um, Corton is actually currently jammed in a porno bo- booth with the Gith Weaver. We will return to them in a moment. They're having some very intimate conversation in the mind realm, but that's not for us right now. Let's rejoin the rest of the group, who is currently being swarmed by cannibal halflings in the rest of the mall. Uh, how are you all feeling about your situation? I mean, there have been better situations. I mean, I, I did a really cool thing, so that's good. Which cool thing would that be? I shot a halfling directly in each eye, and then it died, which I think is a cool-sounding thing to do. <laughs> um, so the important thing that the party did as the last episode came to a close was a, a they formulated a plan to get out of here. Uh, Vindross pulled the fire alarm, uh, soaking a bunch of them all, and then Sabrina froze uh, the this this water on the ground to create a bunch of ice slides and the plan is to fire a bunch of canoes out of the mall and onto the flats to confuse the god king's senses so you can escape because he can tell when something's touching the flats but not exactly what it is so by overwhelming his senses you can escape into the night and i'm sure that roll 20 will be very well behaved and allow that plan to go off without a hitch <laughs> that's a yeah that's always going to be a wild card um but before that could even happen uh the I mean, apparently the God King got tired of waiting for you all in the mall here and has begun constructing a bridge between the castle and the mall by pulling salt up off the flat, up the castle, and then extending it out like a bridge. And uh, as that bridge is kind of creeping towards the mall, uh, someone is coming over it, and that is Gentleman Bramwell, uh, Sabrina's best friend, question mark? A dwarf on a moose with a hammer. Uh, so that's actually where we're going to start. What do you all do? There's a lot going on. Corton's in, Corton's in a porno booth. The booth. Uh, halflings are everywhere. Man on the moose. Just your normal D&D campaign. I would like to wave to Gentleman Bramwell. 
So you're you're inside the mall. You can like look out the window and see him. I don't know if he'll see you if you just wave because there's like halflings everywhere. Oh, uh, hmm. Can I break a window? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you can. That. I'll break a window so I can say hi. <laughs> uh, how how much do we trust um, Sabrina's judgment in who from that castle is? still safe to chat to and how's just who's just gonna rat her out the second they see her i don't think vindros is uh well there's no stopping it it's happened now but i don't think vindros thinks it's a great idea all right if nobody stops her sabrina walks over and knocks a window out and starts waving at gentleman bramwell and halfling starts swarming in through the window like just a swarm of zombies just body after body after body huh well, I mean, yeah, I want to say hi to him, so if this is the only way to say hi, then uh, I'm going to do it. Oh my god, okay, cool. Sabrina knocks I don't, off- I don't know why you assume this is an insane thing to do. I want to say hi to my good friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sabrina does this. Uh, everyone else, tell me what you do as halflings begin swarming into the mall. Remember, Sabrina spent a while like freezing all the doors shut to give you space, so now that's yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. V- Vindros is mid sprinting over, realizing what is happening in an attempt to pull this child away. Um. I'm just gonna snipe. Alright, roll attacks if you're just shooting the halflings as they enter the mall. I rolled a 25 and a crit. Alright, yeah, Lola, tell me what you do. Lola is the crit <laughs> god this season. Jesus Christ. Finally, roll 20 appreciates me. Um, so I'm gonna start, I'm just gonna shoot all the ones closest to Sabrina to help Vindros, like, save Sabrina. Um, I was like, I wanted to be like a machine gun, but that's not how arrows work, but... Jesus Christ. All right, so just wave after wave of halfling begin bursting through the window now that Sabrina has drawn attention to it and opened it, and Lola is trying to gun them down as fast as she can. Uh, because you crit, I mean, you're doing an incredible job, much better than you really have any right to be. You're, you're quill after quill just finding these eye sockets. Uh, Vindros, you run towards Sabrina. What do you do? Um, my attempt is to to grapple her and pull her away from that window, because I think that she's going to do more harm than good if she keeps smashing these windows and trying to get their attention. All right, strength contest between the two of you. Uh, 17. 16. Wow, very close, but I like this a lot. So, Sabrina, you see Gentleman Bramwell up on the salt bridge. He's on his giant moose, this heavily armored dwarf with a big hammer. Uh, You wave. He sees you and waves back and says, Ho, Sabrina! And then suddenly Vindros snatches you away from the window, which is extremely startling for him. And I think uh, Preposterous the Moose instinctively leaps off the bridge. Is is the moose okay? Is he okay? Oh yeah, the, this is a totally armored war moose. He hits the parking lot in full sprint and also just comes charging through the window. Everyone roll initiative, especially Vindros, who's about to be beaten to death with a hammer. Oh god, oh god, oh god. okay, sure, okay. I need this moose to be on my side, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, 19? Six! Eight for Bramwell. Okay, so, uh, Vindros is up first. Um, I don't even know if Sabrina wants to fight, really, or maybe, okay, so the halflings are still in the fight, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm not, I'm very confused. Who is the icon next to Bramwell on the right? That's a halfling. That's a halfling from Dark oh, Sun. Oh, holy shit. All right, cool. I, for the longest time, I was trying to figure out who that was. That's a large <laughs> head he's holding. Yep, that's what they do. Well, I mean, small person, regular-sized head. 
Vindros, you pull Sabrina away from the window, and Gentleman Bramwell reasonably assumes you're kidnapping her, leaps off the bridge, and has burst through a different window, probably. Just this place is now filling up with halflings the way the Titanic filled up with water. So that's going on in the background, but it's your turn. He's coming after you with the hammer. What do you do? Okay, um, Vindros is going to cast Shield of Faith to give herself a plus two to AC. Let go of our white wolf here. And put her hands up and be like, I'm, I'm, I'm safe, I am purely trying to get this child out of trouble. But if you do decide to hit me, I have higher AC now. So constitution saving throw, Vindros, as a, a, a bunch of halflings latch onto you and start trying to bite through your carapace. Eleven. Alright, so you take uh, four damage as halflings begin biting all over you. Um, okay. You still have the the shield of faith, which is going to be very good, but uh, this place is filling up. Sabrina, what do you do? Uh, so I, I'm going to see that a bunch of halflings are trying to attack Vendross, and I am going to use my last first level spell slot to cast Ice Knife. All right, and you're going to throw that knife into the halflings? Yep. All right, they're all minions, so they're probably toast, but go ahead and roll something. Uh, eight. Uh, so that misses, huh? Yeah, I think that does. Uh, does it still explode, though? Yep, it still explodes, and everyone around has to make the dexterity saving check. All right. Uh, five, they fail. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if that includes Vindrasso, too. I think if you don't use your sorcery point, it does. Well, yeah, I don't have sorcery points anymore. All right, so yeah, roll damage, and Vindros is going to take this too, but you're going to okay. kill all the halflings that are all, all crawling all over her, which is helpful, actually. Yeah, five damage. All right, so that's good. So basically what happens is Vindros pulls you away from the window, Sabrina. Bramwell bursts in, in response. Um, halflings start swarming all over Vindros. You throw a knife at her. It explodes and kills all the halflings on her, but does hurt her a little bit. But she's basically fine. She's very sturdy. Uh, I would then like to turn to Gentleman Bramwell and say, Gentleman Bramwell! Sabrina! Uh, I would love to go for a hug, but I think I have to wait for my next turn. No, a, th- a hug's a free action, I believe. <laughs> Aww, this is the best game. <laughs> going for the biggest hug. We've all changed our mind. D&D is actually incredible, actually. Hey, can, can, can the episode title this week not be some weird sex pun and it's just hugging is a free action? <laughs> and people will turn it dirty in their own minds, but uh-huh. for me it's a pure and innocent it thing. It is a pure and innocent thing, and it's lovely, and I stand behind this this episode title. <laughs> Until we come up with a sex joke, and then I will insist we replace it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, until somehow we roll three sixty nines in a row in the episode title is just nice, 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 nice. <laughs> okay, so actually, you get so you can move on your turn, Sabrina. Use all your movement to go up to Gentleman Bramwell. Just like, are you just jump up on preposterous for a double hug there, moose in person? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he he grabs you. He he's like a huge muscular dwarf compared to your childlike frame. So he easily like scoops you up with one arm, still holding the giant warhammer in his other arm, and says, "I'm so glad to see you're safe, Sabrina. Let's get out of here." No, I can't leave. You're right. We must smite these villains first. Hey, hey, <laughs> we're, oh, we're no. not we're not villains. We're not villains. I just didn't think it was wise for her to stand and go. Hey, hello. Here's a way into the building. People who were trying to take me. Uh, so Bramwell rides preposterous near Vindros and s- uh, swings twice with his hammer. Eleven misses, but then we got a crit. That's fun. Oh, fun, <laughs> fun, fun. Mm-hmm. That's that's not actually fun. It could be. 
Uh, that's 28 damage, my friend. Jesus. Um, I'm unconscious. Holy shit! That's quite oh a crit. That's oh, a- God. Well, that's... that's- no. That's, uh, what, 20, 28? Yeah, 37 damage I've taken in the space of, like, two minutes. <laughs> what are the chances of that? Your AC is, like, infinity. The only way he could have hit you mathematically is if he crit. Yes. Or Thanks. it's the season where roll 20 just fucks with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was looking at these stats like, okay, so Bramble literally can't hit Vindros, so it doesn't matter what I do here. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, Austin? Is that right, huh? <laughs> All right, paint me a picture, Laura, of how this goes. Because he's just like, thought, just like, yes, you're right, Sabrina. I must smite the villains. Runs over and just hits you with a hammer. How do you picture this? Um, I think this is a smack straight to the face. Vindros goes flying, and I think that nose is pretty damaged. Oh, not again. <laughs> Wait, do you even have a nose? Hold on, let me Google Mantis I, nose. I don't know how, I don't know how Thry Cream work. Do they have, do they have a face, a facial protrusion? Yeah, I think. I feel like if I, I'm gonna look it up, but I feel like mantises have like almost like a snout kind of. They have like yeah. a beak. I I think I think I think Vindras has shouldered this beak first. Okay, so yeah, Bramwell just absolutely crushes your face <laughs> with his hammer. You go flying back, like sliding across the ice ramps that you've made in this mall <laughs> and into a just heap. Uh, Sabrina, do you say anything? Yeah, I'm gonna be like, no, that's she's one of my friends. Bramwell says. Yes, that's called Stockholm Syndrome. What's Stockholm? Oh. I don't know. It doesn't exist in this universe yet. <laughs> yet? Is this in the past? No. no, we shouldn't establish that. Hold on, let's get out of here. <laughs> no, we're, she's a part of the wolf pack. <laughs> oh no, you have the brain fever. <laughs> no, I'm a perfectly sound mind and I have to get to the gore field so I can become a conduit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's very convincing. All right, Lola, here's what you see. No, I want a persuasion check. He has to believe me. With disadvantage, because <laughs> what you're saying is insane. All right, that's fair. I can do this. I can't believe Vindros got nuked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vindros is having a great season. Ten. No. This, no. Okay, here's what Bramwell... <laughs> but I said it so confidently. Bramwell ruffles your hair, turns preposterous around, and goes to try to ride the moose out of the mall. Lola, you see Vindros crumple to the ground with her face bashed, and you see Lola's... Or you see Sabrina's about to be kidnapped again. Reverse kidnapped? Taken home? I don't know. What do you do? Uh, seeing Vindros get, like, whack-a-mold, I'm going to... I want to go for Sabrina, but also I don't want Vindros to die, because that'd be shitty, so I'm, I want to go use Sloth Green's Magic Beast Newt to keep her from Death's Door, which I guess would be a medicine check? And then, Corton, what are you up to? Uh, I, I don't know. What is Corton up to? Well, Corton is with Weaver, the gith. You're in the back of this oh, video yeah, store. The, the adult section of the video store yeah you're um, cuddled close together you're trying to work through your mental block so he can kind of help you develop your psionic powers but it's not working last time he said like hey even if you get all these people around you you'll still be lonely if you don't have a genuine connection and you said that makes no sense no i'll be completely surrounded by people will you man or will there just be bodies around you Bodies aren't the people, man. Oh, I don't know. You can do a lot with a body. Weaver shakes his head. 
Um, I think a lot of, a lot of people in the audience pointed out that the art of the gif gives them very flat noses. This wasn't intentional. <laughs> I had no idea you were going to choose to lose your nose, but it is very uh, funny to imagine them like their faces very close, your nose is off, and his is just like just ever so slightly raised off his face. Anyway, just two flat nose fellas. It's a good image. It is. Um, he he seems pretty discouraged though. He says. Listen, man, the, the, the halflings, are, they're coming from everywhere, and if we don't have, like, the psychic power to, like, visualize this, man, they're going to overrun your friends. If we, if, we can, if we can harness our powers together, man, we can, like, we can, like, see them from every direction and, like, tell your friends where they're coming from, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, like a mind map in the air. We'd be able to, what, like... Like, sense where everyone's coming from. Exactly, man. That's what I'm saying. Right now, you're just fighting a flood. It's just too much for even the, the best warriors. But if our minds are out there, man, just, like, watching the whole place and then sending that information back, well, man, they can't, they can't fight all that. I mean, we can connect. I, I don't know <laughs> what your preference is. No, man, not like that. We're in the mind space now. You know when all the walls fell away and it was just the curtain and us in the mind place? You remember? I, I mean, heck, if there's no sort of... I mean, what are the limits here? The limits are your imagination, man. Cortana imagines a large pyramid. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. With the torso of the uh, mech at the top of it. Oh, my God. (laughs) And him standing at the base of it with outstretched arms, just observing as there's just fields of people growing shit. Mm -hmm. And like and and children playing and and none of it at all, you know. There's no blood pouring down the walls of that pyramid. Absolutely none. I, no, no blood. That's a very specific denial, but go ahead. It's not blood. <clears throat> it's a river of love. Okay, so well, I mean, Weaver sees this vision of you as like the leader of this community that you're trying to work towards. Your your iconography of the the glass demon on top of your your building of worship here. And he says, you can't like imagine yourself among the people, man. It's always got to be you in charge. All right. All right. All right. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Corton just imagines a mass of writhing bodies completely surrounding both of them. You know, you can't tell where one person ends and another begins. Uh huh. And it's just one Big skin collab. Excuse me? A skin collab. I hear... No, I heard you. I don't like the phrase skin collab. <laughs> no, it's, it's, Okay, hold on. Is it skin collab? Because that's how you spaced it out. I'm, I'm, cry, I'm trying to jazz it up, you know? Make, it, make the orgy good for both the bedroom and the boardroom. Do you do jazz hands while this is happening? To jazz it up? <laughs> I I think at this point like Weaver just like sighs and it's just like I don't think you're getting it man 
there's this can't be all there is to you. Well, I mean, you know, there's there's Vindros. She's you know, she's there. She's the only one. I think as you say that, like, uh, Weaver, like, reaches out telepathically to Vinjoss, maybe just, like, ask her a question or say something, and then he flinches because he feels her get her face caved in, um, and the psychic link between the two of you breaks, and he just, like, panically, like, st- sits up and just, like, uh, uh, man, you gotta go, you gotta go get her, man. What? Bring, you gotta bring her back up here, man. She's, uh, and he, he like, tries to tele- telepathically, like, Oh, Corton's get- gone. Okay, as you're running, he's telepathically trying to give you directions to where she is, but you rush out of there? Yeah. Um, yeah, so you have to run by a number of halflings, which are swarming through the mall on your way to Vindros' unconscious body. Uh, t- tell me how you accomplish that, and then we'll roll to see how well you do. Uh, he's pulling his longsword, and, I mean, he's just not stopping. He's wildly swinging, and if he connects, that's great, and if he doesn't, he's plowing through. All right, so that sounds like athletics. If you're mostly just running and just swiping at people as you run, all right? Fuck, <laughs> that's a seven. <laughs> yeah, that's a seven. So you're swiping at the halflings doesn't do much, and you are gonna get bit um, by a number of them. Uh, damn, that's only one damage. What the fuck? It's just such bad rolls for these little guys. Um, so they're biting you all over, but you're just running through, and the power the power of love is compelling you pretty strongly at this point. Okay, so I'm going to scoop Sloth Green Beans up still. I'm assuming I've hung them on, like, a pole or something. They love that shit. Uh, and I'm going to, like, slap them onto, onto um, Vindros. And then I would like to shoot a quill at Bramwell, but not to hit him, like, to get his attention, like, whizzing past his ear. Okay, sure. Make the attack roll. 21! Yeah, I mean, with the 21, you can shoot at Bramwell and deliberately miss and draw his attention. Uh, he looks back at you. Um, I don't know that he has any ranged weapons. So he would return fire if he did. Um, but I think he's just going to increase his speed on Preposterous away from you. What are you trying to accomplish here? If you really care about what Sabrina actually wants, maybe you should listen to her for once. I would like to jump off of Preposterous. Hell yeah. And then cast invisibility. Oh my lord, Jesus in heaven, <laughs> sweet merciful Christ! Could this get any more complicated? Okay, <laughs> so everyone's going bananas here. You know what? I think I'm done DMing for a minute. I want all four of you to just like talk through this scene, okay? Because you're all split up. Sabrina, you go invisible. Vindros, you were knocked unconscious, but Sloth Green boops his snoot against your face, and you are roused from unconsciousness with cure wounds HP. And Corton, you're running through the mall. You're getting bit up, uh, but you're just swinging your sword as you run. So how do these four things converge here? So I think. What I would like Sabrina to be doing, she didn't just turn invisible just to hide. I think she's going to use the the moment of confusion over where she is to try to get some distance between her and Bramwell and, like, move further into the mall and then call out to, like, pull his voice and attention someplace else. So, he, you know, he's following the voice deeper into the mall as opposed to jumping straight out back into the castle. That's 11 points for you, by the way, Laura. Thank you. Yeah, Bramwell is about to escape, so Sabrina turning invisible keeps her from being captured by the God King again, which is good. My, my hope is that because he is focused on getting her, and she's currently invisible, and just kind of shouting things off into the, the, the deeper parts of the mall, 
he's not going to be focused in on the other parts of the party to like try to attack them or anything like that. I'm a diversion. <laughs> yeah, I think Bramwell's main focus is killing halflings with his hammer because they're very unpredictable right now. I should also say that the other NPCs are as well. Uh, Zur is flying through the air, throwing knives into people, and uh, obviously Staples is running around crushing anybody she can get her bone on. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Young is putting the finishing touches on the canoe uh, mechanisms here because when you're ready to go, Young will unleash the fleet of diversion canoes. The, they're not much of a fighter, but they have that taken care of. So that's going to be ready to go soon. But right now, the party's all split the heck up. Uh, Vindros is going to use the axe baloney to help her sort of get herself back up to her feet. Uh, with a lot of blood still on the face, is going to summon a spiritual weapon uh, and start taking some big swings at these uh, at all these halflings. Yep, roll that. Yep, uh... That's a crit. Hell yeah, Vindros. Fueled by anger. Fueled this by is rage. such a more badass response to having your face hit <laughs> than Cortan's. Vindros is like, no, I'm not, I'm not fucking having this. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so paint us this picture. Okay, let's, let's see what sort of damage it does, and then we'll paint the picture. Uh, so that's nine damage is what doubled to 18. Um... No, no sooner than she's on her feet, Vindras looks around, sees Br- she sees Bramwell sort of on his feet and fighting, and is really, really fucking pissed off, and is like, I can't get over there, you are very strong and over there far away. I can take my anger out, so she just starts big left to right swings, just trying to take as big a swath of these things out at a time as possible. I don't know why, but I thought you were gonna say she's big dicking it. I mean, she's she is big dicking it. She is big dicking it, yeah. So you crit, which means you have you succeed beyond your wildest dreams here. You've you clear enough of these out, and you will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. That that they're not going to be an immediate threat to the party. It's like if you're playing like Dead Rising, and you get a really sweet weapon, and you just clear the whole area. Like yeah, there's still zombies out there, but you're relatively safe for the moment. Uh, Corton, I think you like run into this area of the mall up from like where you were, and you like come around a corner and you see Vindros just standing in. A, just a field of dead bodies. Her face is like injured, but you came here expecting to like save her, and she is the vision of badassery. You are doing great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vindras is gonna turn to Corton and just go, "How how how's it looking?" <laughs> You're a vision of beauty. Thanks. <laughs> but, um, where's the girl, then? Um, avoiding the moose and friend. That sounds like a great children's TV show. <laughs> well, moose and friend. Moose and friends, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, gotta, I gotta say, I like this weaver guy, but, um, yeah, I don't know if it's gonna work out. Hey. I mean, he's super, he's real clingy, but I can't get, you know, <laughs> can't seem to get anything going either. It's, it's why, hey, well, we'll talk about it later. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, uh, the, the, the kid is hiding from the person who smashed my face in. So, um, and that is the guy on the moose. Yes. Got it. All right. So the party's caught up now, at which point actually Weaver te- telepathically contacts you. 
Vindross and says, Hey, um, so it didn't work out with the, the handsome guy. How would you like to be psionic? Wait, what? what? Yeah, you know, not everybody's cut out to have the sight, you know? Some people are just, they just got too many mental blocks. You mean he, it, it, hmm. And it didn't, didn't work for him, huh? No, I tried, but he, whatever, whatever his hangups are, he just, he can't get past the, the surface level, you know? Like the flesh. And it's like, man, it's time for the new flesh of the mind. Probably not the best time to, 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 to work this out. Um, I think this might be the only time. If we can't join our minds together and see every direction, they're going to surround us and we're all going to die in here, so... If we're all going to die if we don't... Sure. Okay, so this is interesting because it kind of represents a possible, depending on how people interpret this, like a betrayal of Corton because he is like the leader and he wants to have all the powers and stuff. Yeah. And this is like the apprentice passing the master. Yeah. So if you like take to this immediately, it could create friction in what is otherwise like a really lovely dynamic you have. I, here's the thing. I, I, I don't see this as a, as, 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 as that. I think, I think for Vindros, the, the hesitation is more on the, the fact of, Wait, caught on, caught on. He's caught on. He's perfect. Didn't it? Didn't he? He couldn't do the thing, and that's sort of hanging up a little bit. But I, I, I think the main thing that's dri- driving her to 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 do it is just if the alternative is everyone dying, Vindros does not want that to happen to caught on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes 100% yeah. sense why she would do anything to keep him safe, but it is like planting the seeds of like, how yeah. is he not good enough, but I am. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely another seed in the, mm, what's 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 going on with, with Mr. Perfect Corton, huh? Is there a store in the mall where you would learn, where you would like to learn psychic abilities? Oh, hmm. Hot Topic. I mean, Hot Topic's got the perfect energy for it. <laughs> I knew you would agree. I mean, it's got, it's got like... Teenager trying to be a witch energy. <laughs> I mean, some of us still buy things from there. We were literally in a Hot Topic, like, in the last month. Oh, yeah, I went there with you. That's right. Shopping at our competitors. Granted, 16 <laughs> states away, but still, Austin, <laughs> I'm hurt. I got a Glutatama pin. I don't know what you want from me, Chris. I didn't shop. I was a chaperone. Um, Vindros, what kind of feet are you interested in? I'll read the list again from the owner of Arcana. I know you mean F-E-A-T, but it really is in these circumstances. Yeah, show feet, what kind, of feet what kind of feet am I interested in? Corton's feet. No, okay. If you're a feet pervert, this is going to get much more difficult. The DCs all go up. I feel like that's less... Weird. I feel like there's a lot more common than people want to admit, honestly. Lauren, please do not go into your feet person rant right I'm now. I'm not a feet person. Wiki feet exists. Wiki yeah. feet exists. If that, if there, you needed any other proof for the proliferation of the foot fetish in our society, there is an entire website widely so what, trafficked. 
So, Austin, what are the magic powers I can have? <laughs> Thank you, Laura. You're my favorite person. <laughs> they are metabolic control, which is you have refined psionic control over your body's functions. There's telekinetic. You learn to move things with your mind. There's telepathic. You awaken the ability to mentally connect with others. There's tower of iron will. Your mind's defenses are formidable. And wild talent. You awaken to your psionic potential, which enhances your mind or body. Okay, I... I I th- I think the one that Vindros would be drawn to is um the ability to mentally connect with others. Okay. So you're going to run into the hot topic to become a telepath. Yeah, let's become a telepath. Uh, okay, so you run into you run into this this really dark store with all kinds of uh really loud uh art on all these t-shirts. I think Weaver's in there. He's in a My Chemical Romance t-shirt, obviously. <laughs> Not nice. a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure one. Oh yeah, for they sell JoJo stuff now. There's a lot of. Anime. That's where I got my. That's where I got my JoJo shirt. <laughs> so does Fuzzy Wall. Sigh. <laughs> oh my Is God. it in Tallahassee, Florida? Chris? Why can't you come to Harrisburg to support local businesses? <laughs> I don't even have a driver's license. What do you expect from me? Uh, he has an online store, FuzzyWall.net. Oh really? Yes. Okay. Okay. So Weaver's in there. Um, Vindros, you run in. Do you want? Do you also? Do you do any dress up in here? Oh, mm. see if 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 you've swapped him to the to the JoJo stuff, Vindros is taking the My Chemical Romance stuff. Okay. <laughs> so you switch shirts. You come in. He's wearing the My Chemical Romance. You pick up a JoJo, and you're like, "Oh, that looks pretty good. We should switch." <laughs> no, no, we're 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 vibing on each other's energies, preparing to learn to mentally connect. I mean, I think the I think the dress up montage is part of it, right? Like yeah. it's a pretty emotionally honest thing to be in here and trying to dress up, especially these are like pre-apocalypse clothes. I don't actually know how well they hold up, although physics don't really work extremely well in Wormwood. So you you get even like cooler, Vindros. Before you were wearing like a Mad Max fetish outfit, which if you haven't seen those films, you might think like Vindros's whole aesthetic was strange. But every one of those films wears fetish outfits. I don't oh, yeah. know if you. The the Mad Max films definitely paint a picture where as soon as like, within a couple of weeks of the world ending, everyone just decides to wear their bondage gear outside. <laughs> yeah, so that was actually a totally normal choice for your post apocalyptic yeah, character. Like that is one hundred percent what I was going for. <laughs> but now you're dressing more like a cool mall teen, which is an exciting <laughs> development. Um, and Weaver sees that and he says, "Do you feel like you're expressing yourself more honestly now?" I mean, I feel like. I am opening myself to trying new things. That there may be more than just the one path that I that I had laser focused in on. Yeah, you seem like you're open to trying things, but you like get caught up in the things you try and let them control you, you know? I'm feeling a little called out. Just a little <laughs> bit, just a little bit. What uh? So uh, this is also the same thing where you, him and Corton like mind melded and the walls melted away and you were like floating through the mindscape and he he does this to you as well. So you're like you're in this extra dimensional space hot topic in your mind. <laughs> I heard myself say that and I'm wondering <laughs> how I got here. Um, but that's welcome. <laughs> that's where you are. Um, Thank you and for he, being the best DM anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says so like. How'd you meet Corton? Like, how'd that happen, you know? So, I left home looking for adventure. I, um, I know that a lot of Thrycreen, you know, our lives aren't terribly long, and a lot of us just sort of 
blink and you miss it a little bit. So I, you know, I was just off out into the world trying to work out what I wanted to do, what what my use of my time was going to be. And, you know, I hadn't been traveling long. Um, it sticks out a lot to me. I saw this man just being chased by this huge huge crowd of people like i i have never seen such a large crowd of adoring fans just sort of furiously chasing after someone like you know shouting and screaming and desperately trying to get at someone um i thought well it's very clear that this is this is someone who you know needs needs some help getting away from his his adoring fan base so i saw this man in need, I scooped him up, and I leapt up onto a rooftop and got him out of sight. You know, just try to help, make sure that he, you know, could get some breathing room. And, you know, he, we, we, we got talking, and I was kind of instantly enthralled. He, he had this real charisma, this real energy about the way he talked. He, he was just so full of confidence, I just couldn't help getting swept along with him, and, you know, now we're here. Yeah, I can see that. You know, like, confidence is, like, attractive, you know? And it's, like, it makes you feel confident when someone else who's confident, uh, like, sees in you their potential, you know? Does that make sense? Um, I mean, yeah, like, within... Gosh, time flies. I, I, I don't know how, how long it was, but it, I, I, I'd, I'd barely, I'd, I'd not even known him that long, and suddenly I... He, he made me feel so great about what I... who I was and what I could be and what I could do, and, you know, he, he brought the best out of me. So, like, if he wasn't around, you wouldn't be your best anymore? He's such a big part of my life that I haven't really thought much about what life would be like without him, because I, I don't want to think about that. That's I, I like what life is now. Now, see, this is what we call a mental block, you know? Where, like, the infinite potential of your mind can go anywhere and do anything, but you, like, can't picture the future because you're afraid. So what I'm going to need you to do is, like, reach in there and really picture... Vindros, without Corton, just like doing her thing, you know, just like rocking out. Vindros ends up picturing a, a much more like confident warrior version of herself, someone who's much more like, let's say, stood weapon held high at the you know at the front of a battle maybe coming over the crest of a hill, sort of the very traditional, like, heroic imagery. And I think, sort of juxtaposed to the side of that, you also have Vindros, after a battle is done, tending to people, and I think that's that's a bit hazier, because she's got concerns about whether that would still be on the cards if Corton wasn't around. Um, but I think I think that's the, the, the two sides of the picture that she tries to pull together is a version of herself who is much more competent and less 
less prone to being kidnapped, um, <laughs> and more sort of heroically like, no, I'll, I'll take the charge. I am, I am capable of of doing the rescuing and not being constantly trapped under floorboards. And then <laughs> when everything is when everything is done, she gets to patch everyone up and make sure they're all okay and look after her, whoever it is that she's traveling with. Trapped under floorboards, hugged by giant teeth, pulled into the ceiling, hit in the face with a hammer so hard you black out. Those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the version of herself who's like, no, no, no. I I would I would be better than that because I would be the hero. I think I think a lot of it is it, this is the version of Vindros that like has the level of confidence in her ability to be the hero that fucking Sabrina has. Mm. That that level of like, yes, but I'm the hero. Oh my god, that's a really good twist too, is like you've grown not just as your own person, but as also learning from Sabrina of all people. Oh, gosh, that's yeah, really no, spicy. Like, she she really admires Sabrina's ability to be like, no, everything will work out and I will be great and I will be the hero and I will run in all weapons blazing and everything will be great. I like to think that, like, in your vision of yourself as this cool hero, you have, like, a little bit of her, like, dress sense in your new outfit. It's like you're cool punk rock, but also you have, like, a white cape or something, because you have the spirit of the wolf pack. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Um, so, if, in getting past this, you can become telepathic right now, which means your uh, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma raised by one. You can speak telepathic telepathically to any creature within 30 feet and you can cast detect thoughts which is a concentration spell so you can like turn it on and know where there are thoughts which is kind of exactly what he needs to help defeat these halflings just to know where there are thinking creatures around it's almost like he wouldn't know the word radar but basically what he's trying to do is get your minds together to become a powerful radar to fight these people coming from every direction so if you're if you're willing to do this and and risk showing Corton up then you absolutely can become telepathic vendross yep yep let's take the risk let's go for it okay so Corton, i want to go back to you for a second because you ran up you saw vendross just absolutely handling these halflings um and then suddenly she like heard a voice and ran off what do you do he looks back at all right so Corton looks back at vendross and and just sort of like lifts up his sword and it's just like uh well I'm gonna go load up the skiff. He <laughs> puts his sword away, goes to load up. Oh, the you're skiff. gonna go retreat the sources from the vault. Yeah. So this is like a role playing choice because technically, like Young can get all that stuff ready. But if 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 Corton's not invested in whether or not. Uh, Lola gets Sabrina back. You can absolutely just walk away. That's a perfectly reasonable thing for your character to decide to do. Well, it's more that uh, he doesn't know what's going on there at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, I'm going to let that one go and just go go make sure we're ready to leave. Yeah, so right now, Lola, you and Gentleman Bramwell are trying to find Sabrina, who's invisible. Uh, so this is kind of like a race to find the child, and I, whoever gets her, I guess, gets custody. <laughs> it's like kind of an interesting hide-and-seek we're playing in the mall now. So what do you do? But I'm still thinking if I roll survival, maybe I could get a... Yeah, try something. All right, I'm going to try something. Um, I'm trying to be stealthy so he doesn't see like what I'm doing, because like, I feel like that's okay, because I'm a ranger, so I'd be used to that, right? Roll. I rolled a 20! 
Very good. So Lola, you actually see some child-sized footprints in the blood on the floor, which is caused by Vindros hacking a bunch of halfling to pieces. Well, that's dark. Uh, what store did you go into, Sabrina, that Lola tracks you, you into? Hmm. A Sabaros. I don't know what that is. That's food, right? How the hell do you not know what a Sabaros is? Haven't you ever made a poor life decision? Never once. It's a pizza place. Eaten at a Sabaros? Yes, it's the most disgusting pizza on the planet. It is so hard to fuck up pizza, and yet Sabaros on a daily basis accomplishes <laughs> the impossible. You hate them so much, Chris. I, how do you fuck up pizza? It should be impossible. Even that hideous Chicago stuff is still edible. Wrong. Big the only wrong. Right answer, the only right answer to which mall uh, mall food court is best. Saku Japan. I don't know what any of this means. Here's what. Yes, you do, Austin. That's the place in the mall where they give you so much fucking teriyaki chicken. Lauren, this can't be our podcast. <laughs> it is. You've done this. We can't By review us what store. F- mall food court food for an hour and a half. On this episode of Dice Funk, we're reviewing restaurants and the food court of the mall. Okay, so Gentleman Bramwell and Lola start looking for Sabrina. Sabrina rolls a 20, so she finds her first in a pizza restaurant. You track her by the, the footprints in the blood. What do you do? Bramwell's like riding from store to store yelling out, Sabrina! And crushing halflings with his hammer. But he doesn't find her yet. What do you do? Let me double check my spell slots. Yes! Not dead yet. I'm gonna cast Fog Cloud to make it harder for him to find us. Uh... So that we can sneak, um, try to sneak away from him to get to the skiff to, like, get out of here. Because I don't think we can really fight him. Maybe. But he has a big hammer. And we're all very small. Um, so it'd be nice to just, like, evade, evade, evade. So, uh, Sabrina's all for Lola putting down the smoke screen and using it to escape, uh, she does not plan to escape. She she wants to draw Gentleman Bramwell into the mall and then confront him away from all of the other members of the wolf pack so that they're not in danger. Do you say this out loud? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Lola's going to put her hands on Sabrina's shoulders. Honey, you know, I do. I, I'm trying to teach you that it's okay to trust your instincts, but what do you. I, this is maybe one of those situations where the safe path is the smartest path. What are you even trying to accomplish? She's my, he's my friend. And I know he'll listen to me. He's the only person who ever did. Here's the thing, Sabrina. He may be your friend. But if he disobeys an order and lets you go, I feel like the God King will find out somehow. And when he does, then he'll kill your friend. Fuck and the God King. But what I'm saying is, is that you're, you going back and trying to convince him is putting him in a dangerous, extra dangerous position. And I understand that's hard and not fair. But if you really value him as an actual friend, I think the best way to, to navigate the situation is to keep him out of being in trouble. Sabrina hops over the counter and runs off to find Bramwell. Oh, man. 
Okay, so Bramwell's looking for Sabrina when uh, suddenly this part of the mall begins filling with the 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 cloud of obscuring mist that Lola let loose. And I think Bramwell assumes that this is bad, like this might be poison or something, and starts riding away from it um, and a- exits this part of the mall and goes over to the part that's still on fire. Like a mall is... <laughs> A mall is made up of like several different buildings, right? And he thinks that like Sabrina would be would like hide in the fire part because she can summon ice and keep herself safe. So this is like a natural place for them to meet up. That's his instincts on the situation. And I think Sabrina, you also know that like that in some way, like Bramwell would think for you two to meet up there. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Um. So when Bramwell exits this part of the mall on the moose, uh, the the he's in sight of the castle. And at this point, the God King is inside Castle Wolfram, waiting patiently, or actually impatiently, for his daughter to be brought back to him. And he's tired of waiting. And so the the bridge that was basically crawling away from, that was like reaching out from the castle, shatters and begins raining down pink uh, salt, basically salt daggers of just like shards and shrapnel down on the swarm of halflings in the parking lot. And they are just like riddled with uh, these pink shards. So that's something that's happening in the parking lot. Uh, what do the rest of you do? Am I still in telepathy getting hot topic? <laughs> in the telepathy getting hot topic? <laughs> <laughs> Am I in the telepathic hot topic still? It's up to you. Do you want to paint a picture of what this looks like? Do you is there a visual thing? Do you just suddenly just like stand up and walk away and go, okay, I'm telepathic now, bye. I I like to think that um as as Vindros opens her eyes back up. Uh, the tips of her antennas are just faintly glowing blue now. Um, and she gets up and is like, We need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can cast Detect Thoughts now, which basically is like, you have a radar for people who are thinking. So if you run out into the mall, like you're surrounded by all these halflings, you know which direction they're coming from. Eventually you could figure out where Sabrina is uh, hiding. You could find out where Lola is in the obscuring mist. Like this is a pretty powerful ability in addition to you being able to just talk to everybody. So now you're like the key factor in anyone getting out of this mall alive. Sorry about the pressure, Laura. Um, I think as soon as she is down and back in the thick of it, I think Vindras is going to attempt to reach out to all of our main group and just go, Right, are we all ready to get out of here? Because we need to get out of here. Uh, Sabrina ran off, so... What do you mean, Sabrina ran off? Uh, I told her to sneak out with me, and then she's like, No, I'm going to go talk to him and change his mind. And I was like... Oh, that's not smart. He would get in trouble for that, too. And she just leaped over the counter and just, like, fucking booked it, man. Vindras is going to put them powerful leaping legs to use and start leaping that way, trying to leap over those uh, halflings as quickly as possible. Yeah, acrobatics, actually, is what I need Uh, from you. Which I get advantage on because of my cream legs. This is really badass. You're suddenly telepathic and you're leaping from, like, floor to floor in this mall. Uh, 12 and 17. Yeah, 17 is perfectly good. These halflings are like half your size anyway, so even if you don't do the best jump, you can easily clear them. Why don't you paint this picture? You're like an anime character now. You're like leaping <laughs> from like basically uh, store to store. You can run up the walls, do whatever you want. What are you up to? I, I, I think I think there's a little bit of confidence going on right now. Um, I, I don't think Vindros 
is giving a second thought to the state her face is in and is just like, right, okay, we're gonna do this. I'm I'm cool. I'm 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 good at stuff. Uh yeah, so she's just sort of like leaping across the top of big display units and just the whole time scanning for Sabrina, the uh, antennas are sort of twitching around in varying directions, trying to triangulate where those thoughts are coming from. Okay, cool. Then I'm going to roll another survival to follow this idiot baby. <laughs> I rolled an 11, which makes sense because there's fog. Okay, so Sabrina, you run away from the Sabaros outside across the parking lot where suddenly you see there are a bunch of halflings bristling with pink salt crystals, like rupturing up through their skin, coming out of their eyes and mouth and ears. These are now like properly fucked up crystal cannibal zombies. Do you think there's a therapist in the castle? (laughs) (laughs) For later. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you see Bramwell go into the burning building of the mall, the last part that's still on fire, uh, looking for you. What do you do? I want to go to him. All right. Athletics to run across the parking lot. You're invisible, and it's very loud out here. There's uh, there's 200 uh, halflings screaming in agony as their tongues uh, explode into crystals. So you probably are going to be fine. That's a crit, Jesus. I crit. I crit. All right. So you tell me what happens. <laughs> uh, I want to, like weave in and out of them uh because this season is all about me regurgitating all my favorite references this is sort of like when senna would use the devil bat dash and uh, i'm gonna be like juking around people it's basic i'm wearing a football jersey so it makes sense now that i'd be doing football moves yeah i didn't mention specifically umeniora the the football goal umeniora how dare you i met that well i got close fuck you <laughs> put some respect on his name god damn it <laughs> He holds the single game record for sacks for the New York Giants. The football golem is just sitting peacefully in the skiff, like his little legs crossed, his hands tended. He's so tired. Yeah, it's been a big day for him. He needs some naps. Yeah, I'm just like the camera cuts back to the football golem in the middle of this extremely cool action scene. And he's just sitting there, just bobbing his head, listening to the Muzak in the mall. And you're just like... Oh, she had like a juice box or something. <laughs> Corton yeah, young- walks up and sits down next to him. Snacking on a like a, a cracker. <laughs> I love this fucking juxtaposition of <laughs> Gorton and the golem in the skiff. And then Sabrina's doing some fucking Barry Sanders shit in the parking lot, juking out all these crystal halflings. Who's Barry Sanders? Is that another football player? I know. Who was that even for, Chris? Sports honestly. in this podcast? Uh, so Sabrina, you make it across the parking lot. Do you want to put any uh, additional imagery into this? Because you you crit, so they don't even touch you as you make your way into the burning building. Uh, I'd like to make my way into the burning building, and as I get through the doors, I it's probably not a good idea to freeze them shut, since that might be the only exit. Well, they would shatter because glass, when it's heated up, if you put it in the freezer, it breaks. I want to freeze it for the imagery. <laughs> All right, so Sabrina, you enter the burning building, freeze the doors closed behind you, and you see up ahead of you uh, in this like burning in, like inferno of a building, Bramble's killing the last couple of halflings he can see. Uh, so he crushes one into paste, turns uh, as the doors are frozen. He can't see you because you're invisible, but he sees like ice appearing on the door and just says, Sabrina, is that you? Uh, I would like to turn uninvisible and just say, Gentleman Bramwell, I need you to listen to me. Of course. I need you to come with me. 
We yes, we're going together. I, I had you and you jumped away. No, to the gore fields. Why would we go there? Because it's not safe in the castle. Of course, there's no safer place in all of Wormwood for you. No, I'm not going back there. Your father has ordered it. Yes, and he's going to kill you if you don't do it. Yes, that is the price of failure in the kingdom. Unless you don't go back to the kingdom. What do you mean? I'm a sworn knight of the kingdom. I can't just not go back, Sabrina. To the whole royal family, aren't you? What do you... The, the vow? Yes, that includes me, to serve me, right? I, su I suppose, but it also is, is, I must serve your father. These two, this vow, it has conflicting elements. Well, who better to watch over and protect me on this adventure? Uh, so first of all, roll persuasion. We'll see how this is going. Uh, 18. Yeah, that's very good. Um, so he's, he doesn't immediately shoot you down. He says... Sabrina, a lot has maybe happened to you. Maybe you're not thinking straight. We can't just leave. The, your father will never forgive you. He, I can't ever go home. I have an entire career and friends and uh, my duty. And what about everything he's done? He sent my mother away just because I didn't have a conduit or whatever it is. He is the king. He must make difficult decisions. Was one of those difficult decisions not helping the bat people? Because I accomplished that. You did. Ha 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 ha. Impressive. And I can accomplish a lot more, but I need your help. You're asking me to throw away everything I've built and my honor and to become a fugitive and a criminal. But it'll be more fun if you go along with me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the right answer for crime. Okay, sorry about this, Lola, but what happened uh, while this conversation was going on was that you failed your survival check to follow Sabrina. You run out into the parking lot, all the halflings see you, and the door to get into safety is frozen shut. So what do you do as you emerge on onto the blacktop and you are suddenly surrounded by 200 halflings covered in pink salt crystals? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy hold on i wasn't expecting to be surrounded so quickly but that makes sense so yeah so this bridge was coming from the castle right and it was going to connect to the top so bramwell could walk onto the the roof of the mall for this meeting but then the whole the episode started and he was immediately you know he had to jump off to save sabrina so the instead the bridge was used as like a, a mortar system on the halflings and now they've all been infected with the pink crystals and what is happening to them is like what happened with the executioner like all of a sudden there's fireballs streaming across the parking lot you see like people are spontaneously uh developing just like spawning swords into their hands one of them just like gets a big grill and he starts grilling in the middle of the parking lot actually i like everyone help me paint this picture of 200 people simultaneously getting conduits in the parking lot this is actually a huger deal than suddenly uh fucking lola being surrounded is it is it like when like white people are unhappy about who won or lost a sports game and they like start setting things on fire it's it's more diverse than that there's a lot of stuff going on one guy set something on oh it's fire. less it's less white okay but you know like somebody else has, has discovered that oh i can create fireworks you know in a limited range that's the second cool. woodstock 
The 90s Woodstock. Someone suddenly has a guitar appear in their hands and they start shredding it. Like, so these, these halflings aren't just cannibals. Obviously they are cannibals, but they're people. They do have thoughts and feelings. Right, yeah, just... cannibals are people too. People who eat people. <laughs> That's the theme of the episode. Cannibals are people and they have thoughts and feelings and hopes and dreams. And they're all coming true simultaneously in front of you. I think uh, I'm just going to keep shooting at this point. So that's a botch. Yeah, it is. Second, the second one doesn't hit, huh? Okay, so Lola, you exit the mall and you find yourself in the parking lot surrounded by halflings. They all have these pink crystals growing out of their skin and all their mucous membranes. And they're all like just drooling just all their blood and organs out. But they're also spontaneously getting strange powers. Like one of them starts flying. One of them can like can split himself into multiple copies. One of them's like suddenly just like turns into pure light and like just transcends in front of you. Um, and you start shooting the ones which start running towards you. Um, but th- it's not enough, and they're they're just overwhelming. Um, basically, you get like washed away in the tide of these bodies. Vindros, um, you're running through the mall. You ha- you did really well on your stuff, so you jump out. You don't even see. I don't think Lola right away because she's just being bowled over by all these bodies. But you do see the burning building with the doors frozen shut, and that building is gonna collapse. What do you do? Uh, do I sense that that's where, uh, where Sabrina is? Yeah, the ice is a dead giveaway. Uh, yeah, I should have worked that out, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, yeah, Vindros is going to keep leaping in that direction and just try and take the axe baloney straight to the door to try and shatter sort of along the, uh, the, the hinge. Uh, so if I look out the window, can I recognize the silhouette? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vindros cuts a very convincing silhouette. She has four arms. She's a bug. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to hold out my hand to Bramwell, and I'm going to say, please join the wolf pack. Cut back to Corton sitting next to the uh, the uh, <laughs> elemental. He just reaches into his robe, pulls out a twig, and offers it. <laughs> Human Yorha just takes the twig, just puts it into his mass, and it disappears, and just, like, makes a... Actually, I think it probably just says, Mama! Because that's the only word it knows. And Corton just nods and said, Yup. Um, I think at this point, Young comes over and says, Uh, um, uh, yeah, I think everything everything's pretty much ready to go. Um, we are just so out of room. Are we trying to get the, the giant, uh, uh, moose in here? That's not gonna work. What now? <laughs> um i don't know if this has occurred to everybody but you had a choice of skiffs there was the big skiff and the small skiff you chose mm-hmm. the small skiff we sure do oh i do recall i do seem to recall there having been a choice regarding which I skiff nothing. we took okay i just want to put it like this um there isn't <laughs> enough room for everybody and anybody who gets left behind will die well sometimes it do be like that yeah, no, I, I'm i messaging through that door trying to be like, hey, uh, White Wolf, you in there? You good? You good to go? Uh, I would say, does Bramble accept? Yeah, I think Bramble takes your hand and, like, lifts you, like, one arm up onto the back, uh, like, onto Preposterous, and is like, well, I can't leave you here, and I can't betray the White Wolf. Yes. Yes! 
Everything's so much harder now. Yeah, so what do you all do? This is so much. This episode is so fucking much. So for Lola, is it like a, is it like a trampling situation or can I crowd surf? So Lola, basically the first wave of halflings hits you, knocks you down. And then yes, there's a trampling element, but there's also a being eaten alive element because they're taking your skin off your body and putting it in their stomachs. Does that make sense? They are cannibals. Yeah, so that's that's exactly what's happening. I would make you roll, but this is something in uh, tabletop we call the chunky salsa rule, where if the narrative dictates that you would be reduced to chunky salsa, you're dead regardless of math. Yes. So 200 cannibals uh, begin tearing you limb from limb. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, Vindros, you're standing in front of the f- this, this frozen closed door. Behind you is just a swarm of cannibals eating someone. Uh, on the other side of the door is Sabrina, Preposterous, and Bramwell. Oh, I'd tell Gentleman Bramwell to smash it. It's a, two par- it's a two-party system. I freeze the door solid, and he smashes it with his big hammer. Either we were both getting out, or neither of us were getting out. <laughs> smash it from both sides. We'll, 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 we'll work it together. <laughs> Uh, and then the building comes down, basically, as Bramwell and Sabrina ride away. Vindros, do you jump onto Preposterous? He's a very big moose. Uh, no, Vindros is going to backtrack the way she came. Well, here's the thing. So the, the skiff is ready to go, right? And there isn't enough space for everyone, or there wasn't until Lola Bean suddenly went missing. So everyone arrives back at the skiff ready to go, and you all like realize, like, hey, Lola's missing. Hmm... And yeah, so I'll, I mean, I'll, talk, I'll do the NPCs here. Basically, Staples goes, sucks to suck, bye, bitch, and gets in the <laughs> skiff. Uh, Zer immediately flies off. And Young says, oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want someone to leave me. But also, oh, God, they're everywhere. Oh, and then, like, you know, they're, they're, all of a sudden the doors get kicked in and there's just these crystal halflings are coming in. If you can give me, like, two minutes, fight these things off, I'm, I'm going to try and look for a... Corton stands up and pulls out the sword and says, Two minutes. Maybe. You see how long I last. Okay, so at this point, Weaver arrives too. Uh, they were trying. They were basically uh, mind-linked with Vindros and enhancing her abilities. And he shows up and says like, Hey, y'all. Um, so, yeah, they're coming from every direction. We can make our final stand here and try to see how many we can take out, or we can escape. Uh, oh, y'all look very upset. Did something happen? What, one of our group is missing. Oh, man. Well, yeah, that's pretty bad, huh? We have to find her. All right. I mean, Vindros, you go running off. Yeah. Uh, Bramwell looks at you, Sabrina, and says, I can't risk your safety. You're the number one priority. I'm sorry. But I have to find Lola. I'm not leaving anyone behind. How about we defend the skiff? And we let we let the Thrycreen do the heavy lifting. She seems, well, frankly, impenetrable and badass. <laughs> Says the man who with one hit murdered me. <laughs> yeah, and then you got up, which is incredible to him. He's like, yeah, I caved your skull in, and now you're suddenly, you're leaping literally multiple stories in a single bound. So he has, he has some res- respect on your name, frankly. So Sabrina otherwise would probably insist on going, but she currently has zero spell slots, so she feels exceedingly weak. So I think she is going to to listen to Bramwell and and not run out because she she really doesn't think she could defend herself. 
But she also has the utmost faith in Vindros. Okay, so Vindros and Zur are actually the only ones who go after Lola. Everyone else stays by the skiff and is ready to launch. The the shark horses are hooked up to the skiff, to the Romance Dawn. And actually, so is Preposterous, who's going to be able to pull it as well. You've added a horse to this team. Strangely enough, hell yeah, a moose, not a horse. Uh, yeah, that was the that was the royal horse, like the royal we. No, don't lie to me. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it's gonna be a uh, long sword swinging, uh, standard fighting off with sword. You know, bards and their famous sword. <laughs> <laughs> their famous sword fighting. All right, roll. Yeah, he is. Um, okay. Uh, 16. Yeah, so actually you're not completely useless. So the first, uh... For once! <laughs> <laughs> We've all been vaguely competent today. Yeah, paint me a picture. So these 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 crystal halflings are, like, running up on the skiff. What do you do, Corton? <coughs> uh, so Corton draws his longsword out and, uh, jumps out of the skiff and begins just chopping them off at the knees or they would be his knees so maybe like their mid-waist you know just sort of in half and and letting the sand do its thing as it sort of spills out of them and and they flop over and are all sandy uh i am going to use ray of frost and i'm going to try to freeze as many of these uh cannibals as possible so that gentleman bramwell can uh take his gigantic hammer and uh cave in all of their skulls i guess that's his move that's, yeah that's that's the word uh mm-hmm. so i got an 11 uh so actually that is good enough i was looking for 10 there's the average to hit these unarmored uh tiny guys so yeah pay me a picture I, I like to think Sabrina is standing on like the back of the skiff and she's firing out her her ice magic, uh, but it is very clear that she is running on empty. That like every time she fires out a little ice blast, it seems a little thinner and a little weaker than it was before, and she's she's pretty close to being tapped out. Mm-hmm. So Sabrina starts freezing the halflings as they run in. Bramwell and actually both Bramwell and Staples start crushing the ice statues that result from that as Corton cuts the tiny guys in half. Uh, Weaver is sitting in the skiff and mentally helping you all see which direction they're coming from. Uh, Young hooks up preposterous to the skiff. Um, That's everybody. So Zur is with Vindros flying above you and he says... Uh, so wait, you got powers now? How's that work? What are we gonna do? Can you just like uh, mind mind finder, find mind, mind find? Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of minds around here, but I can sure as hell try and mind finder. Okay, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. I got so many sharps here. I'm just I'm bristling. I'm br- absolutely bristling. Um, <laughs> um, Vindros is on all of the the mental frequencies, uh, basically transmitting. Um, Lola, if you can hear this, help me find you. Okay, so, you know, I'm getting chomped. Little bites taken out of me. Uh, And I think at the point where uh, Lola would be closest to death, this, like, primal scream gets louder and louder and louder. And much like when Lola bonded with Sloth Green in the forest, 
a wave of energy comes from the center of where she's being eaten. Vindros and Zer exit the mall into the parking lot. They see all these swarming halflings, and then there's just a blast of energy. You've seen this once before in the glass forest, Vindros, when, as she said, she bonded with the sloth green. So there's this huge wave of energy, um, which immediately clues you into what's going on. Um, well, how do you react to this before we f- we f- continue? Vindros stops for just a second, in equal parts relief at having found Lola and just awe at what she's seeing. <laughs> like, dis- despite despite how time-sensitive this moment is, she has to stop for a second and just go, okay, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I don't think Zer stops at all. Zer goes right for the, the energy wave and just starts throwing knives into the crowd. So I think you see that, Lola, first of all, <laughs> that in your, in your darkest um, moment, uh, Zer is the one who charges in and knives flying. Um, Vindros is there staring at awe as this wave ripples through the crowd. For, for just a second, at which point Vindros is going to attempt to leap in with the, the aim of grab her and get out. <laughs> all right. Uh, so why don't you actually roll me a grab roll, which I don't know what it is. What kind of grab do you want to do? You want to do a, an athletic grab, an acrobatic grab? Uh... Uh, an athletic grab works, I think. Um, you know, a medicine grab would really work. A for medicine me, but... grab. <laughs> a medicine no, I'll grab. I'll settle for an athletic grab. Uh, eighteen to grab. Eight. So eighteen successful. Well, here's what happens: you start running into the crowd, and there are hundreds of them. And so instead of you also being pulled under and chomped, you succeeded. So that does not happen. Here's yeah. Like what I want to be clear is: it's not that you succeed in helping. Lola, it's that you succeed in not joining Lola. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. My my, my mission to grab doesn't involve me getting pulled into the grab. Yeah, so she sees your heroics and you start wading in. Um, but then uh, everybody, the halflings, Xur, Vindros, uh, all momentarily take a, a moment to uh, look up into the sky as a shadow falls over this scene. What's that shadow? Uh, an animal has arrived. <gasps> Giant kitty dragon! Uh, so what is above you is a dark black winged creature, uh, part feline, part dragon. I call, I'm call i calling it the Draco cat. Um, it is exactly what it sounds like. Imagine a large black cat with leathery dragon wings. The, its shadow covers the entire parking lot. Is Hmm. If this thing can be can be written and will happily allow allow at least one of our party Lola to ride it, then that might solve our problem of someone needs to stay back and die. <laughs> um. So the Draco cat was like slowly uh, circles around the parking lot. Uh, Lola, what do you do? You're in the middle of this uh, this swarm, and now there's an animal has arrived to help you. Uh, I think probably. Heal the halfling, save me! <laughs> you just yell that up at the, the Draco yeah. cat? Like, I don't know if you didn't get it the first time, but dear God, please help! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the cat swoops down, lands on, like, 50 of these halflings, and just splatters them into paste, because that's the size this thing is. Um, and then it just reaches down with its paws and just starts batting at them all, just and tearing them to bits. It grabs 12 in its mouth, crunches them, uh, Vindros, I think you stop 
struggling in the crowd because this this dragon cat is murderizing all of these things. Vindros's first instinct is, I wonder if I could grab Lola and throw her up to the dragon. <laughs> Like a baseball. Yeah, just just like throw you directly upwards so you could get get onto your new friend. Zer flies over actually, uh Lola grabs you up and flies up out of the, the, the melee, so has you like physically and starts trying to fly away with you. Salutations, thank you for the grab. Don't fly away yet. Wait, did you have that in your back pocket the whole time? Oh, it's complicated. It can't be that complicated. How did you have a dragon the whole time? It's it's not like I had. I, I mean, come, dog. Nobody owns a dragon. Let's be. Come on. <laughs> so back back with the skiff. Uh, you all hear a just a, a deep roar, a, a like a lion, but a hundred times bigger. I don't know how you all feel about that. <laughs> and yet more adorable. <laughs> I, I don't know if Vindros is close enough back yet, but on, on her run back, she will be trying to message like, hey, we're coming, we're coming, we're on our way. Okay, so I want to be clear about this. The Draco cat saved Lola, but it's not going to, as Lola said, nobody owns a dragon. It is not going to stick around. So there is still the issue of room. <sighs> Who have we got? What if I ride on the moose? So that this is taking into account all ways to smush people together or do like weird, um, like stacking, like Tetrising people. I'm <laughs> saying there is not enough room in this skiff. Okay, but before we leave the uh, dragon kitty, mm-hmm. I would like to like have Zer swoop me by and only put a hand on its nose and sink thoughts at it to pre- show my appreciation. Yeah. So, yeah, what do you say to Zer? Uh, hey, you know, I know this may sound counterproductive, but could you just maybe, uh, swim me by the dragon? I gotta, you know, yeah, you can't ask somebody to save your life and then not thank them, right? Well, you're the one with the dragon. You kind of get to decide what happens here, Zer says. Listen, I know it may be hard to understand for a bit, but nobody owns a dragon. <laughs> yeah, the, but you know what they say, the one with the dragon makes the rules. But there. Okay, uh, sure, Zer. Zer drops you onto the kitty's head, and this. So I keep we keep calling it a dragon. I want to say it is not a proper dragon because they have uh, language and magic. This when yeah. you, you land on this cat's head, it just goes. Meow. I'm just gonna like put my my hands on its on its noggin or its snout and just like just, uh, a little bit like sloth green as much as I can, snoot to snoot have like a little private between us unless somebody's listening uh, a little thought conversation just so I'm like thank you friend I hope you eat well tonight off all these jerks I gotta go now they're freshly salted yeah see it's like hey you got a meal I'm not dead good looking out buddy uh, Zer says thank you kitty and picks you up and flies back into the mall so that's that's ready to go. What do you all say as uh, Zer flies up with Lola, Vindros obviously leaping behind, and there's just not enough room. I'm going to count these these folks. There is Vindros, there is Sabrina, there is Lola, there is Corton, there is Staples, there is Zer, there is Young, there is Weaver, there is Bramwell, and then you got the animals. You got Stuart, you've got a, a Sloth Green, you've got the football golem, and then of course you've got the two shark horses and the 
moose. Moose. The, there just isn't room for all of these animals and people in this small boat. You pick the small boat, and now somebody has to to answer for that choice. Now, what if we tied one boat to the back of our skiff? One like of a cap- sidecar! And one person just has to endure like the 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 turbulence essentially of of maintaining while we make the big escape sidecar like a sidecar so Zer flies over drops Lola and then you all start talking about this Sabrina says like let's just get a let's get a canoe and tie it to the back and that can be our sidecar and Staples says I don't know what the fuck you all are smoking but I'm not going anywhere with a person who has a fucking secret dragon I say we leave this bitch behind uh uh, I don't know why everybody seems to think that somebody can own a dragon, but nobody owns a dragon. It wasn't even really a dragon. It was something Since else. Becca, can we, uh, can we, can we roll secret what? Yeah. So overhead, you see through the skylight of the mall, a giant cat dragon flies over, dropping, dropping halflings onto the roof as it goes. Like they're splattering all across the skylight. Lola? Sometimes you call a friend to come save you when you're getting eaten by hundreds of cannibals. Weaver says, hmm, yeah, I guess Lola wouldn't have been a good option for the the site. She's got all these mental blocks here, full of secrets, full of secrets, Lola Beans. My secrets are no harm to anybody else. You know, unless you're a cannibal halfling. Are you are you trying to defend the cannibal halflings for eating me? I'm just saying. So you're saying if she couldn't maybe call a friend to come pull you out of a pile of two hundred halflings, friend, you Lola. would just not do it because oh, it's not fair to the halflings. I'm just it's a lot of friend. I'm doing my best not to not not to vote for the person who smushed my face in. That's true. That's true. I smushed nobody's face in. White Wolf, I know that you're very good friends, but but I am putting, I'm just putting like a tiny little mark in did smush my face in. I think Staples actually agrees with you and goes, actually, yeah, I changed my mind. Fuck that guy. Uh, Sabrina's going to pipe up and say, I don't even know who you are or you. And she's pointing to Weaver. Why are they on my boat? Weaver's like, we met in the sports authority, man. It's not our fault that Chris was too high. Oh, God, that's right. <laughs> Chris doesn't, yeah, out of character, Chris doesn't remember because he was high, but that did happen. I mean, okay, so let's just, I'm going to just be real serial here for a minute, right? Uh, I know people are like, oh, Lola has secrets. So maybe she should get left behind because we can't trust her. And I have an argument against that. Is one, fuck you. Two, that's bullshit. And three, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I'm being honest, I think you guys have a much higher chance of uh, survival with me around. I tend to agree. You apparently have a dragon. It's not, nobody. I mean, a friend who is a dragon. A friend who is a dragon. Did not you did, did not you guys take dragon classes in desert high school? <laughs> in Salt Flat High. Staples says I don't trust her again. I'm actually back on Team Fuck Beans. <laughs> what did I ever? What have I may have secrets, but what have I ever betrayed? Staples says I don't. What else? What else you got up your sleeves, huh? You got something else in there? What do you got? It's personal. You got? Do you, you got a bear? Do you got a dolphin? I mean, if there was a bear, 
close enough and I was able to talk to it, then maybe they'd show up. But uh, I don't need to tell you the minutia or the details or like, you know, in school, you got to show your steps for math, which is stupid. Uh, I'm not going to like, I don't know y'all well enough to trust that you won't hurt me. I'm not worried about me hurting y'all with my secret. I'm worried about you hurting me because you're dumb. Sorry. So how is the, uh, how are we rigged to set off? Are we, it's just like, like essentially, is it just a command like, yeah, that's given? Yeah, whenever, I mean, I wasn't going to get into too many specifics, but whenever it's time to go, you can just say, we go, right? I remember the Draco cat killed a bunch of halflings, but there's still more and they're coming. So like, you don't have forever to make this decision. Uh, Weaver, my good man. Yeah, that's that's me. How long you been living in this here mall? Well, I gotta say, it's been a while. It would have been a lot longer if, you know, the fire and so forth. Well, have you considered maybe that uh, that that's a sign for uh, time to move? Go on House Hunter's mall version. Maybe you move into the vents of another store if you were still interested in that. Staples sees you and says, "See, she's trying to get, she's trying to get us killed. I'm just gonna hit her until hamsters come he's out." The, he's the only one who has a house here. Uh, Staples hit Staples hits you with her giant bone. Where are your hamsters? Yeah, there is part of me that's thinking, "Hey, as as fun as Staples is theoretically, usually Staples um, behind. <laughs> the Staples is theoretically fun, and uh, I don't know Vindros was was kind of into having a round, but like." She's not predictable, and she's probably a liability. So I would like to try to uh, stand up to to Staples and try to, like, calm them down. Just be like, the situation is not helping us get anywhere. This lizard is full of dragons. Am I the only one that sees this? Um... Vindras is going to punch her in the face because that is the language that Staples understands. <laughs> Interesting. Um, uh, to try and get her attention so that she can just very quickly go, hey, this person is friends with animals. They were getting eaten and animal helped. It's not that big a deal. Get the fuck in the boat. <laughs> roll intimidation, uh, which is actually because there's no romance roll. I also want to roll intimidation to just glare at her really hard and intensely in a way that makes her nervous, but she doesn't know why. Okay. 19! Okay, I think your intimidation, Lola, is you get knocked down by this this woman with a bone, and you look up at her, and you glare at her, and then the whole mall shakes because the, dra- <laughs> the Draco cat lands on the roof and looks down through the skylight. I'd like to ask you kindly not to do that again there, friend. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Can I suggest to Staples that we have an idea of tying a boat to the back, but that it's going to be extremely dangerous and potentially very painful, and only the (laughs) toughest person would be able to endure that spot? In fact, we don't even need to build a sidecar if we're on it. We could just, like, run some rope. Tie Staples' hands to drag her behind. Like, She'd drag love her? It. Oh my god. Staples says, I'm not going anywhere with you all until you tell me what's going on. Corton. Corton turns young. Let's let's go. Uh everybody but Lola then in the boat. And Lola doesn't need to say anything about herself, but she doesn't want to. And I'm not leaving Lola behind. 
Thank you. I I don't want to leave Lola. I just... Alright, you know, if you guys are gonna all be so fucking stubborn, uh, uh, I'm the conduit of animals, okay? Cool. Is that cool? Is that alright? Not really. It's kind of cool. <laughs> so I said the person with the dragon makes the rules, but I guess technically the person in the group who's a god kind of ends up making the rules if you think about it.